0: The following is special programming sponsored by public radio KUNV 91.5. The content of Soul to Soul does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education.
1: Good morning. This is Soul to Soul, universal ideas for a brighter tomorrow. This show is a free-for-all of positive energy that includes book discussions, music, politics, books, food, COVID-19, oral history, books, and Las Vegas history. Today, I have a guest whose last name I can't pronounce, so she's going to do it for me. Emily is here from the Neon Museum and is going to talk to us about a brand new tour that is coming up soon. Emily's last name is Lebanese. Emily, could you pronounce your name for me the way it's supposed to be pronounced?
0: Yes. Um, my name is Emily Douda. So that's my last name, Douda.
1: Douda. Okay, I'm close. All right. So, Emily, can we start by you telling me just a little bit about your background? and then about your work at the Neon Museum.
0: A little bit about me? Yes. Okay. Um, So I work at the Neon Museum here in Las Vegas. I'm still new to the city. I'm from L.A. originally, um, and my background is in museums, more art museums, but generally others um, in L.A., but also in Chicago. Um, So I have a a very, you know— Museum background. I'm very excited to be here in Las Vegas, though, doing a lot of great work, a lot of history
1: work that I love. It's really my focus. Wonderful. You've been doing lots of research, and I love that. So I want you to talk about this new tour that you are putting together. Uh, Tell me about the history. Tell me about the research. Just just talk about this new tour that you're doing.
0: Yes. So I'm The tour development coordinator at the Neon Museum. And the tour right now that I've been working on, and we're, you know, working on starting to roll out training and envisioning that, is called the Perspectives Tour. And it is focused around um, D. Segregation, the desegregation, and the civil rights movement in Las Vegas, particular to the um, Black community, the African American community here in, in Las Vegas, and our collection. For those of who have never been to the museum um, at the Neon Museum, we our bulk of our collection is neon signage of businesses, small businesses, large businesses, casinos, resorts that are, you know, um, a part of the Vegas life. Uh, we like to say we're the museum of Vegas history, so it's really trying to. Chronicle and and to tell that story through our collection, so my research has used a lot of your your work, lady. Um, <laughs> a lot of your oral histories, um, and I mean you you helped me a lot throughout, throughout this. So I will like to say thank you. Um, You're welcome. And it is um, it's a 45 minute tour through our um, what we like to call our boneyard. So it's like our main gallery, and it goes through and kind of tries to tell not just the history um, broadly, but a lot of like the local um, untold stories and figures that, you know, Las Vegans would be familiar with or maybe not familiar with, but might have heard the names in passing and really get in there. So that's kind of what the tour is
1: okay, about. Okay, good. So I'm going to ask you to go into more detail yeah. uh, because I want to know, I want you to make me want to come and to go on this tour, only 45 minutes. And I'm at, right now, are all of the tours at night? Right now, they're starting
0: because we're more in the summer hours, yet right kind of more in the beginning of the evening time. So not fully when we're at dark at night. But yes, so like evening at night, especially because what's great is that um, we have signs at work some. A lot of them are still illuminated, so you really get, like, the the beauty and the power of those signs. So we really got to do it at night, um, as well as we have, like, the general admission where tours aren't happening.
1: Okay, so tell me, when is this tour going to open? So this
0: tour is going to be launching fall of this year.
1: Okay.
0: um, And then more details, but right now, definitely fall of this year. um, I got that confirmation, so I'm very excited
1: about it. Yes. Okay, so now... I'm standing in the bone yard, getting ready for my tour. Tell me what I'm going to see. Walk me through this tour.
0: Walk you through this
1: Yes. I'm like, oh, how do I sell this
0: tour? <laughs> I've talked about it so much and I have to like sell. so the way that I think about it is really gonna tell you like these untold stories of Las Vegas like how did we get here um and the way that I like to approach it is that Vegas in my mind because I'm I'm still new to the city we think of this the 40s 50s 60s is very glamorous the golden age you know and I'm like let's get let's get deeper than that let's get let's get into this golden age let's talk about these players you know let's talk about you know, we love talking about the entertainers. We love talking about all these big known names. Um, what were they up to? And, you know, how were they um, working with each other, you know, in business? Um, and how were they treating each other? And really what was like kind of happening, happening in Las Vegas? People think that they know. Again, very glamorized golden age. But um, let's talk about these untold stories.
1: Yes. yes. So what is my first sign that you're going to show me? These neon signs, everyone, were on these businesses at one point, and now they're in the bon- boneyard. Go ahead.
0: Well, our first sign, yes. the, to roll off the tour, has to be the Moulin Rouge sign, um, which is, I love to say, it's like one of the only pieces of the original building left, one of the only signs. It works. So it is working. Gorgeous. So even if you want to see it just for like craftsmanship of the sign, um, most of the even neon tubing's original. So it's like that's really exciting, and you really get to, it is a ginormous because this was their front, the front of the of the rouge of the you know right when you're going driving up to the entrance. So that really like sets the scene, and it, it's really gonna be our 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 touch point during this tour, and I love it because it's also like that great pink. I feel like it doesn't really get used a lot in signs. So that's that's our first sign.
1: So do you think that pink is because do, do you think Betty Willis, the designer of that sign, decided on the pink? That's a good question. Yes. I I don't know. I I and reading her oral history, she said like
0: um how she kind of came up with the 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 script, and she was like, I went to the library and I picked a bunch of books on france and of paris and kind of came up with like the script of the sign but i don't know if the pink was like we want it to be pink Mm -hmm. but i think like in the dead of night like especially we're talking about on the west side like that's going to stand out that's calling your eyes so it's such a great
1: sign okay so what is your docent going to tell me about the moulin rouge as we walk through or is that giving away too much information
0: I don't think it's giving away too much information. Okay, so
1: tell me just a bit.
0: So um, right now we have a existing tour, which is like our collections tour. So the way that I was thinking about this is how do we approach the Rouge and go um, and tell like the deeper story? How do we give it more like color and bring this place to life? So um, I used it in this tour since it's our first sign to set up where we are in history, where we are in Las Vegas, what's going on, Um, if we're talking about civil rights and desegregation and and the significance of the Rouge really sets it up. Um, And I think also adding to, I like talking about um, the competition that the Rouge gave, like all these amazing qualities that it had that other resorts couldn't buy, you know, like, why is it such an impactful place? Um, That's kind of how where I start. And then I because we touch on the Rouge a couple times during the tour, um, definitely throughout kind of it's, it's, it's history, you know, and it's legacy. Um, the, I, I have them start there and not give it all the way at once. Okay, good. And what is sign number two? Sign number two. So there's to tell the chronology, there are certain signs that are like, they have to, you know, I would say like they, they need to be saying. So, um, uh, since the way that the boneyard is laid out, the museum kind of at the very beginning of the boneyard, um, the signs are more geographically close together. So we're kind of in the downtown ish area. So it could be, you know, an El Cortez or um, it's a it's maybe not geographically correct in the downtown, but it could be a flamingo. Um, those are, you know, or Binions to talk about, again, what's going on downtown, what's going on in Las Vegas. And with Binions and the Flamingo, you have a lot of great people. I don't want to say characters, but people you could even talk about. So now you're not just talking about history, but you're, you're, you're really saying, you know, about the
1: relationships. Good. So getting, getting off the subject just for a moment, for people who haven't been to the Boneyard, what kind of shoes should they wear? So we're an outdoor museum, and it's
0: um, not paved. So I would say no, I would suggest no sandals, no open toe. Like maybe like a, you want something with some cushion, like a nice flat or a sneaker. That's just, that's just me. That's what I wear. That's what I yes. would recommend. I mean, I wear heels there, but they're at least closed so. <laughs> Yes. Um, that's I would recommend. We're ADA compliant, so you could come, you know, walker, wheelchair, cane. Um, just you definitely want to be comfortable and um, so they're, you know, with a lot of little things that just might be on the ground.
1: Good, yes. So, now, we get the flavor of the town at this time. We have seen some other hotels. You'll probably talk about the beginning of the Flamingo and how it has evolved over the years, and then what else are you going to show me or tell me? So I had to work with
0: kind of what the existing layout of the museum was. These signs are, they're the literal signs from the building, so it's its not like your typical, you know, maybe like an art museum or, or maybe a, a, a more of an indoor place where you can say, could you move these things around? So I definitely um, worked with the the whole museum team, to to kind of get a feel for it. And we're kind of going to go through the boneyard, kind of the midsection that we like to call it Motel Row, and that's when we get into um, the La Concha and Paul Revere Williams. Um, so okay. tell me who Paul Revere Williams is. Paul Revere Williams is a world-renowned architect architect um, Known as, we love to say at the museum, like the the celebrity, the architect to the stars. But I'm like, he was so much more than that. He's, yes. I say, like he's a Renaissance architect. That's yes. that's my line because the man could truly do it all. Um, but he was an African American architect, which is very rare for his time. um, Working from, you know, he's in Los Angeles, like growing up in Los Angeles in the early twentieth century to like I think maybe stops working in the 70s. It's, yeah. Um, and he designed a lot of different structures here in Las Vegas. We have one, we're lucky enough to have it, which is the actual lobby of a motel that he designed that was on the Strip, the La Concha. So we
1: talk about PRW there, Paul Revere Williams. Oh. And so tell me where that lobby is right now, the lobby of the La Concha. So that lobby is the
0: lobby of the museum. It is our, our, our like, Welcome center, our visitor space. When you walk in, when you pull up, that gorgeous white structure—that's our lobby.
1: Um, but that's a Paul Revere Williams lobby. So, so if you don't go to anything else, you have to drive by and look at the lobby to know who Paul Revere Williams is. All right. So back to my tour. What else do you tell me? We'll definitely talk about Paul Revere Williams, okay. and I would say come
0: into the lobby because the yes. lobby's also the inside's amazing. Like. It's just, it's so fun. Um, and I think then we're working our way through um, the later half of the, or the latter half, the the last third of the museum. And that's kind of where in our story, we're now getting to the desegregation and the civil rights movement. Um, so we're starting and starting small. I like, I kind of spotted it at Anderson Derry since we have the Anderson Derry sign, Um. I love the sign. It's of a actual like a little milkman of a little cartoon milkman from the 50s style. Um, And he perfectly tells the story. So saying, you know, this is how the NAACP chapter, the local chapter here and the West Side are really, you know, setting their eyes on, you know, ending segregation in Las Vegas um, and pushing it forward and then expanding to other areas and other
1: industries in the city. Anything else that I will see on the tour? Oh my God! There's, I don't want to give you the whole tour away. I want people to <laughs> she come. She doesn't want to give me the whole tour. <laughs> I want to. I want to. But aren't these signs so elegant?
0: Yes. Oh, I think. I think. Um, I stop at the flamingo signs twice because I just love they're they're broken apart, but they're signs from when it was the flamingo Hilton, designed by Raúl Rodriguez, um, who was a float designer. Crazy, nut yeah he was he was um he was the most even to this day the most like um ah, I'm losing my
1: words renown
0: renowned but his his floats have appeared like the most in the um tournament of roses parade in Los oh. Angeles so he is like top tier designer um not just signs floats you know um truly an artist yeah. and i and I love those signs because you really gotta see how they you know with
1: just neon and just steel really like capturing your attention your imagination so i told you that i wouldn't ask any follow-up questions that you couldn't answer and i don't know if you know the answer to this for people who don't know we don't understand what neon is Mm -hmm. how much can you tell us about a neon sign well what is that So a neon oh my god, this is a question I should be able to answer.
0: (laughs) So a neon sign could be something as simple as a illuminated sign or a lit up sign that you can see when you're going to your favorite small restaurant. Now you can even buy little neon signs to decorate your house, or if you're here in Las Vegas all along the strip. So they're an illuminated sign that is at nighttime or when it's Shadier or darker, um, meant to like bring in business or capture your attention by conveying a very short, direct message to the brain. Um, and so the neon is um, using tubes capturing neon's a gas, the gas, um, and then depending on what colors you want to make it, you know, you can add different gases more or less. I'm pretty sure neon designers are like no like it's more specific (laughs) than that um you know to to get the color and um even the shapes are are hand like they're neon benders who are like bending the you know to get it to say even something as simple as like an open sign or you know or to do like a feather or you know a, a giant letter um it's like bending these huge tubes and capturing the gas and
1: a whole lot of electric work in there (laughs) so so we're talking about an artist who putting these signs together yeah it's definitely and it's not just like one
0: person it's a whole team from from design to again Mm -hmm. like bending constructing painting um it is really an art form that we don't think about it Mm because we think of they're just like parts of buildings but in the same way they're pieces of architecture that are they're art forms yeah
1: wow that's wonderful um so you told us when it's going to open So how do you train staff to tell this story?
0: So that's what we're trying to work on right now, of how do we train staff to tell this story? And so those are conversations I think we have not decided yet, Um, because it's much more than, you know, reading the words that I wrote or, you know, just like walking the The museum, the boneyard itself. I think it's in a mind of um, part of it that was I was envisioning is uh, really getting um, when we have someone's firsthand perspective, yeah, an oral history or a memoir, um, making sure that they have that that firsthand account, that primary source, and really kind of um, understanding the kind of how things interplayed with, within each other and i think part of um again so we're we're going and we're telling like a we're using our same collection to tell a different story so having them also kind of yeah understand like the um th- these fuller stories of these properties and and the nuances between them and the time periods that we were in
1: it's kind of the the way that i think the discussions that we're having and so are these paid people? Are these volunteers? How do you get people? So um, the docents that we have right now, it's they are
0: um, paid. They're hired. So they work at the museum um, giving tours. They're working, you know, they're there for um, our visitors there from simple like answering questions, giving gallery talks, giving full tours, helping them facilitate their whole experience from start to finish. Um so they are paid positions that we have. I think it's always, like, a great exposure if you're interested in, in like, working in a museum where you have a like of, or a love of history. I think these are great. The, all our staff love history. They love what they do. They love the city, you know, whether they're into, like, pop culture or they're into more nuanced history or architecture. So those are paid positions.
1: And do you use volunteers as well?
0: Right now, we're um, going through strategic planning at the museum. So kind of reimagining what our volunteer program will be, because we've used volunteers in the past. And I think right now, deciding how we want to use volunteers in the future. Because um, like in every museum, we definitely, you know, need volunteers and just thinking how best do they work for our needs. Um, so also, that's an
1: update I can give you when I know. Wonderful. Yeah. So, you just said something about a gallery talk. Mm-hmm. Is this a regular tour, or is this something different?
0: A gallery talk is different, so it's um if you happen to be visiting the museum um when it's more general admission hours, they're small, maybe five to fifteen, depending the time of year you know is it summer is it not um uh and the time of day it'll be a short talk that we um that we offer for free for our audiences to come, you know, on a certain topic. So it's just like a little like a little tidbit, you know, going deeper into museum if you don't have time for a full tour.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, that's that's interesting. So, after all this research that you've done looking at integration, what does people always ask more and more about the Moulin Rouge? what does the Moulin Rouge mean to Las Vegas? I feel, I'm like, oh, I'm still new here. I don't know if I can answer
0: that. I love the way that you described, I think you did a video for us a while back and you you were like, the Moulin Rouge showed like this spark of possibility or like, I'm like trying to quote you directly, <laughs> but it really was, I think the, the Moulin Rouge, it, it went, and I don't think originally the owners intended it to be more than a successful business but it really I think it's a it's an establishment that really meant a lot to the community and to Vegas and broke barriers whether people wanted them broken or not and I think that it proved in my research I found that um, it was a lot of maybe naysayers saying like oh, people won't come if, 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 you know, we have integrated resorts or, or, you know, on the strip in the 40s, you know, it won't be good for business. And I think that the Rouge really did from a business decision show like, no, people will come. It will be great. It, I think it, it just showed like, I love how you say it, possibility and, and what Vegas could be and, and like Vegas at, at, at its best. So
1: that's what I think about it. Wonderful. Um, And and that brings to mind something else. As you know from your research, it is now a vacant lot. Um, Someone has purchased it. We don't know what's going to happen with that property. If a miracle happens and a hotel casino goes back onto that location. Do you think today in 2022 2025 do you think people will go? I think they would. I think it's a
0: huge first it's huge. It's a huge property. It's even thinking about where it is compared to downtown. Where downtown's so built up and this is huge, it's built out. I think it would go. I think I'm I'm not a business person in any sense. I don't have any degrees, but I think that it, you could even corner a market in, in going back to that golden age of Vegas that people want if you do it. If you do it right, if someone who knows what they're talking about and has money, I think, mm-hmm. it, I think you could
1: um, 100%. Let's hope that someone with money is listening to this program today. Money and vision, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, vision. And they
0: cut us in that deal.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so those are the most important topics that I wanted to talk about. Now, because we're talking about a museum, we don't have an art museum. We have a mob museum, a neon museum, a natural history museum, children's museum. Do we need others? And what do you see as the future at the neon museum?
0: So I love the way that our director, Aaron, Aaron Berger, talks about um, the neon signs. This is where he, I feel like him and I are, are are eye to eye on this, where he's like, these are artworks. These are art pieces. So where people are like, we don't have a formal art museum per se, but these these are artworks. Like you said, these are artists who are designing yes. this. There, It's an art form to do this. Um, there are whole teams that do this. And I think that... Coming from an art background, um, the way that I see like a, a painting is like a vessel to a, to this period, to this time, to this you know entering the scene, and I see the same way with an with an with the Arneon signs, um, and I think that that's kind of where the direction I think the museum is going is that our director really does, um, he strongly does believe that, and he says like we. We are the art museum. I mean, the, the, excuse me, the history museum of Vegas. We, we tell Vegas history because we have so many pieces of Vegas history that are not just huge. You know, they're small businesses. They're local. So I think that, I think that that's where we're going. Good. To,
1: to really um, let Vegas know, like, we are your history museum. Oh, we're your museum. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. that's great. I like that a lot. Um, so when you started talking I didn't give you time to give us anything about your background, your education, what, how you majored in art. How did this start? That's right. So I was
0: in high school and I actually had a um, vacant, like in my senior year class schedule, like a class period, like a. Oh, we had a like a hole in my schedule and my um, counselor put me in AP art history because I, I said I liked history. He's like, I'll throw you in this class. And that's how it kind of started where I was like, oh, artworks are history. And I always really liked history. That was my best subject. And I think that that's what got the ball rolling for me, of how I got in um, and then yeah, and then I went to community college, and I ch- just tried it out, and I was mm-hmm. like, let me see if I really can do something of
1: it, and that mm-hmm. was really where I, I started. Okay, and where, where did you graduate with your degree in art history? Yes, so okay. I have a, a bachelor's
0: in art history from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Go Bruns. Um <laughs> I have a, a master's in arts administration and policy from the School of the Art Institute in Chicago, and a master's in Modern and Contemporary Art History Theory and Criticism, such a long name, from um, Azusa Pacific University.
1: Where's Azusa Pacific?
0: In Azusa? Like upper,
1: past Pasadena, like LA, yes, okay. yeah, out of LA yes. County area. Okay, yeah, good. Wonderful. Um, so that's that's it so far. Good, wonderful. And you thinking about more education? Maybe a doctorate, we'll see. So it's been in the... It's a goal, but we'll see if I get there. Oh, that's great. I think that's wonderful to know you'll feel that intimately. That would be wonderful. I love this. Is there anything else you want to add? Thank you for having me, Clayton. I mean, you've been,
0: I just want to say thank you again um, because you really helped me put this tour together and and you're just a friend of the museum and you're just a really great resource. And and I
1: just want to say thank you. I'm honored. You're welcome. I just think that I I think you're right. I think it is our art museum. I love it. I love going there. I love taking people there to see it. So I will be there in a few days because I have a person coming into town. So we'll have to come to the museum. Please do. Yes, definitely. So we're, we're finished for today. This This okay. is it. It's only a half hour. It's a half hour of soul to soul, universal ideas for a brighter tomorrow. This show, as you know, is a free-for-all of positive energy. We talk about books and politics and history and more books and COVID-19 and oral history. And we just get together and talk about all aspects of Las Vegas. So, Emily, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful.